Okay, now you see this gentleman? Now he's giving me this, uh, this sign and it says, we're on in 10 seconds, so get ready to have a good time. Get ready for the game and get to know your favorite Lightning players. This is exciting, isn't it? This is the opening face-off with LightningInsider.com's Eric Erlinson. All right, here we go. On Lightning Power Play. Happy Hockey Day, Lightning fans, and welcome to another edition of the opening face-off show here on Lightning Power Play. I am your host, Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com. You can also hear me on Lightning Lunch weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. each and every day, Monday through Friday, weekdays anyway. Lightning are back in action at home tonight for a quick one-game return. They will host the LA Kings at 7 p.m. tonight. Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito will have that call for you on the radio side right here on Lightning Power Play as well as locally 970 WFLA as well as our other affiliates on the Lightning Radio Network. Greg Linelli will have Lightning Power Play live for you as soon as we are done with this show. So he's on the air at 5.30, and that will roll right into the pregame show at 6.30. His guests today are Brian Burns as well as Jay Retcher from 95.3 WDAE. And we've got a really good show for you today. A little bit later in our next segment, we're going to sit down and talk with Lightning forward Yanni Gord. And if you ever see Yanni Gord or listen to him in interviews, he is maybe outside of Vinny Prospel, the most happy-go-lucky hockey player I've ever come across. And I certainly do know that he is frustrated right now from his lack of offensive production. So we'll sit down and talk to Yanni about that, as well as some positive things as well, because he is playing well despite the lack of offensive production uh, next to his name on the score sheet. We're also going to talk to Bobby the Chief Taylor in our final segment, as I always do here on the show. And you're going to want to stick around for this because we asked Chief at the end of the show to retell a story. And if you listen to last week's show, he talked about the time that he had a run-in, if you will, with the local authorities in Vancouver during his playing days. Well, we've got another good story for you. And that regards to how Chief almost ended up as an 18-year-old baseball player on scholarship in Southern California. But the reasons why he didn't end up down that path and his path led him to the NHL and a couple of Stanley Cups and, of course, eventually here to Tampa where he has been a stalwart in the hockey media for Fox Sports Sun as an analyst for a number of years. Um, so you have to stick around to hear the reason why he ended up choosing hockey over baseball because it's very, very entertaining and it's one of my favorite stories Chief has ever mentioned. So we wanted to make sure we got him to talk about that today with the LA Kings here in town tonight at 7 p.m. And... Lightning's 10-game winning streak was snapped. That happened Sunday in New Jersey, a 3-1 loss, which was really a 2-1 loss. The uh, Devils did score with 0.9 seconds left on the clock into an empty net. 
So now we fast forward to tonight's game. And I think this is a important three-game stretch for Tampa Bay that starts tonight. And not because they lost the game and, you know, you have the bye week coming up for the team. What you don't want to have happen is you snap your 10-game winning streak and then you go into a little bit of a slide. You know, that's the one thing that didn't happen to this team early in the season as they sat in the middle towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. They never went on a real slide. While they didn't win more than three games in a row at any time, they never dropped more than three games in a row at any point either. And that was a key part of why they were able to stay kind of hovering around the same area and then the 10-game winning streak obviously will vault you way up into the standings. But you've got three games left now between the end of this little stretch. You go into your 10-day break for the bye week. And the bye week will begin on the 18th and they don't return to action until the 27th. You do have the All-Star game in between that as well, which will take place next weekend in St. Louis. Two Lightning players will be represented there. Victor Hedman was an original selection, and then yesterday we found out that Andre Vasilevsky will replace Tuka Rask in the All-Star game. But you don't want to slide into this break thinking about what happened in the final stretch. And you've seen teams in the past before go on extended winning streaks, and it did tie a franchise record for Tampa Bay with 10 consecutive wins. They were denied the opportunity to set the franchise record on Sunday. But we've seen teams in the past where once you lose a game, how do you recover? How do you handle dealing with that first loss after you've won so many games in a row. There, there is an emotional, there's an emotional state involved with that. There are emotions absolutely involved in when you go through stretches like this. So how do you then handle it when you suffer that first setback? It, it sounds easy. It does. And as we look back... Last year, when the team had their 10-game winning streak, which was ended on February the 28th in Boston, well, they won their next two. And then they dropped a game against Minnesota. And then they went on a seven-game winning streak after that. Last year was magical, regular season-wise. 62 wins, so you're going to have streaks like that. But they, they handled that pretty well. And I think they're equipped to handle this one just as well. You got a Kings game uh, t team coming in here tonight. Definitely down. A down year for the Kings. They get off to a really, really slow start under new head coach Todd McClellan. They started off the year with a record of 4-9. 
enter tonight's game having lost four of their last five. Their only win came against the Vegas Golden Knights to start this road trip that they're on. They were shut out in their last game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday. They've actually been here since Saturday night. This is their dad's trip, their father's trip. So they've been here. They were sitting here waiting for Tampa Bay to return home. Had a couple of practices, but a lot of activities as well as part of this, uh, the, their dad's trip on this um, extended stay in Tampa Bay. Now the Kings have some problems scoring goals. In the four losses during the stretch, they've lost 4-1, 4-2, 2-1, and 2-0. The only victory came at Vegas. That was a 5-2 win. So they have some issues scoring goals. And you don't want to take them lightly, despite that, because they come in averaging just 2.5 per game. And you've got a game at Minnesota, which is not an easy place for Tampa Bay to win games historically. And then you close it out at Winnipeg, which there's always some tough games in that building as well against that team. So you don't want to let things get away from you here in the final stretch before the bye week. Because, let's face it, there's a carrot waiting at the end of this, this week. And they're going to grab it. They're going to grab that carrot and run. A lot of players will head out of town. Some of them will head down probably to the Caribbean. They probably had reservations in the Bahamas or Jamaica or wherever. Just go hang out on the beach for a few days. Of course, given the weather right now, you can just do that over in Clearwater. It's a question of whether or not you can maintain your focus, maintain what it is that you did right during that 10-game winning streak. And they did a lot of right, especially towards the latter stages of that winning streak. Make sure that that's, that's where your focus is. Ensure that you don't let things in your game slip. Now, having said that, that that's not what happened on Sunday in New Jersey. I would venture to say the only part of their game that slipped in that one was not taking advantage of the quality chances that they did have. John Cooper mentioned it after the game that maybe they didn't get enough traffic in front of Louis Domingue. Didn't take his eyes away enough. He got to see pretty much every shot that did go on net. Documented the Lightning missed 20 shots in that game. That's a lot of missed shots. Especially coming from key guys. Nikita Kucherov had five missed shots in that game. So I don't think things slipped in that game. And this is why I think this team is probably as well equipped to handle that first loss than you might think. Because here's some of the stats that stand out to me in the last little while, especially the past week. They're not giving up a ton of shots. In the past four games, they have not allowed more than 25 in a game. And that's a big drop from earlier in the year where they were giving up 34, 34, 37, 39, 40, 42, 42. So this process, I know you're 
sick of me saying it, saying, Eric, you're doing it again. You're mentioning that P word. I'm sick of hearing about it. I get it. But it has been that process. It has been the repetition, the understanding from game to game how the coaching staff has asked this team to play. And as we've mentioned, it does take time. I think you're starting to see that a little bit. I think the game in Philadelphia on Saturday in particular really accented that. Not just the fact that they won that game one to nothing. It's that they control the game defensively. How many times have you been able to say that about a Lightning team in recent history, that they control the game from a defensive standpoint? Usually we talk about that in the success the Devils used to have or the Red Wings under Scotty Bowman used to have. Different era, I get it, dead puck era. But the reason it was a dead puck era because teams could control the game defensively. And then when you hear coming out of that game an established veteran like Jake Voracek on the Flyers comment about they certainly played different than we're used to seeing them play. I mean, they really slowed things down to the neutral zone. And this is why I think this team is equipped to handle that first loss because you can rely on that. Offense comes and goes sometimes. It's the old saying that Guy Boucher used to say, goals are like bananas, they come in bunches. The goals have, I wouldn't say dried up. I mean, they had 13 goals on home ice in the two games last week against Vancouver and Arizona. Only scored two over the weekend, the one in Philadelphia and then the one in New Jersey. The power play has only scored twice in the last seven games. So the offense is, is not where you're used to seeing it on a consistent basis. But if you play good defense, you can put yourself into a situation where you can overcome or rely on your defense if the offense maybe isn't coming like we're used to. And this team can still score goals. Don't get me wrong. Because also in the last number of games, going back to the game in Montreal, well, actually, let, let's start with this whole 10-game winning streak. It started on the 23rd against Florida, where they allowed one goal. You had the slow start against Montreal coming out of the break, ended up winning that game 5-4. Against Detroit on the 29th, they won 2-1. Buffalo, again, had to come back from down 4-1, win that game 6-4. And now you have a 2-1 win again against Montreal. So that's two 2-1 game victories out of three. That's also three times you've held an opponent to fewer than two goals. You have the Ottawa game. Won that one 5-3. But then you went into Carolina the next night, won 3-1. Vancouver 9-2, held them to two goals. One of them went off the skate of Victor. Shut out the Coyotes, shut out the Flyers, and limit the Devils to two goals. It ends up as three because of the empty netter. So that's the past 11 games. The last five in particular, again, Carolina, one goal allowed. Vancouver, two allowed. Arizona, zero. Philadelphia, zero. New Jersey ends up being three. 
So that's a total of six goals allowed over the past four games. And one of those is an empty netter. So you combine that with the lack of shots on goal that they're giving up, the lack of chances that they're giving up. You know, the game the other day against New Jersey, even though they ended up losing that game, they didn't give Jersey much at all. And sometimes you're going to lose games like that where the offense maybe can't make up for the defense. Because, again, going back to that New Jersey game, the scoring chances, New Jersey only had nine scoring chances all game, five-on-five five play, and they only had nine shots on goal, five-on-five five play. So they did a good enough job defensively to win that game. Couldn't find the second goal to at least maybe get a point out of that game, but certainly played well enough defensively to win that game. And I think you can, re you can rely on that. That is something you can rely on. If you can be consistent defensively, you're going to do, you're going to put yourself in a position to win games. They're doing a lot of other good things, shot blocking, the penalty kill has been outstanding, the power play I mentioned needs to be a little bit better. But that happens, power plays go through streaks like this. Good opportunity tonight against the Kings team that I believe comes in ranked 27th in the penalty kill. So as Tampa Bay looks ahead to these final three games, and they like to take it on a game-by-game -game basis, we'll just look at it as the rest of the week. Need to make sure that they maintain that defensive acumen, that attention to playing the game the right way, to close out these next three games the right way. And I think they're well-equipped to do it. L.A. is a team that plays hard, but they don't score a lot. Good opportunity to take advantage of that. Tough game on Thursday because Minnesota, for whatever reason, is a tough place for them to pick up victories in, a tough place for them to pick up points in. So they'll have to travel to Minnesota on Thursday. That's my view of where this team kind of needs to make sure their focus remains. We'll talk to Chief in a little bit because the one thing that stands out to Chief is how they played in the third period. So we'll get into that with him a little bit later on. But again, LA Kings are in town tonight. It is a 7 p.m. puck drop. Listen to it here on Lightning Power Play. 7 o'clock start time. Greg Linelli has Lightning Power Play live for you next at 5.30. But we are going to come back after this break, and we're going to talk to Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord has had a tough time offensively late, but he's really worked well with his line mates, Mitchell Stevens and Carter Verhagas. So we're going to ask Yanni Gord about that, plus the frustrations he is having offensively. So stick around. We'll talk to Yanni Gord when we come back after this. You're listening to the opening faceoff here on Lightning Power Play. Before the battle on the ice. Game on! Game on! You've got to have the opening face-off. I was not aware of that. This is opening face-off with Eric Erlinson on Lightning Power Play. 
All right, welcome back to the opening face-off here on Lightning Power Plays. We get you set for tonight's game against the LA Kings. It's a 7 p.m. puck drop. I am Eric Erlinson, your host, and we're pleased right now to be joined by Lightning forward Yanni Gord. And, Yanni, we appreciate your time as always here on a game day. And 10-game uh, winning streak was snapped for the team the other night in New Jersey, even though you played well enough to pick up two points. Sometimes that happens. So how do you find a way or make sure that everything is status quo in terms of the way you guys approach the game with the Kings tonight and then the final two games before you hit the break? I think we just got to reset. I think we had a great stretch there. We uh, were playing very well. We were uh, – uh, every line was uh, contributing and uh, I think that was the key. I think uh, uh, all four lines were, were playing well. Everybody uh, uh, on goalie, defenseman, everybody was uh, was chipping in and that, that's a huge part of our team is I think uh, kind of our depth and, uh, um, and, and like I said, I think we've been playing pretty good lately. The third period in particular, and, and I know the game in Carolina, I, I keep bringing this line up that Steven Stamkos mentioned that you know, the, the creating a winning kind of culture in here. Only three third period goals allowed during the past 11 games. One of them was that empty netter against New Jersey the other night. The, the, shot the shots on goal I think are about eight or so average-wise. What has worked and what do you like particularly about the way the third periods have gone during this last little stretch? I think we're more responsible. We uh, we know uh, uh, when we have a lead going in the third period. Uh, we we know we don't need to score any more goals. We we just got to be uh, smart, shut them down, and I think that's what we've been doing a really good job at. Uh, we're uh, we're closing the middle of the ice. We we don't let them skate. We uh, um, we we let them feel that we uh, we're there and we're there in every uh, every aspect of the game on the forecheck, on the backcheck, in the in the defensive zone. That's that's like. Every every time they have the puck, we have people around, and and it just slows them down. And I think that's that's been really uh, uh, something we've we've improved a lot on during the season. And I think we that's that's one of the things that we really brought it during that 10 games win streak. The term process and plan has been brought up really since the beginning of training camp, and, and this has been one of the aspects to try and maybe just change the mental approach to the way you guys play the game. Is that where you're really starting to see? Because I know in this game they tell you don't think, just go out and play, so some of these things kind of have to become a little bit more instinctual where you're not thinking about where you have to be in certain situations. You know automatically to get there. Is that kind of where we're at right now? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it was a process. I don't think uh, we were playing, um, we, it's been said a lot, I don't think we were playing um, as bad as um, what our record showed before uh, before that 10-game uh, win streak. Uh, so, I mean, we, we were we were making uh, progress and we were making a um, step in the right direction uh, throughout the, this whole season. But it really, it really, um, uh, we it really showed during the last ten game, and I think that that's what uh, it was all about. It was uh, it was trusting that um, a defensive team most likely are going to win games, and I think um, by shutting them down and by scoring a few goals early, and then uh, you don't have to score any more goals. You just you you make sure they don't score, and I think that's been really really um, something that we uh, we took pride in, and I think it worked. The game against Philadelphia on Saturday, it's a one nothing game that kind of sits right in with all that good defensive approach. And, you know, you hear a comment coming from the opposing team where Jake Voracek said that, hey, this team has played a little bit different than we're used to seeing them play. They really shut it down. Not that you need validation, but when you see the other teams talking about the way you guys play, is that kind of really stamp at home? Yeah, it does. Uh, it's really good. It's uh, uh, if um, we know what we we do, but if they realize what we're doing too, it, it's um, it's really uh, f flattering, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, we we know 
um, all, all the game is supposed to be uh, played in our hand. And I think if we bring that every night, um, we, we set ourselves for our success. Okay, we're joined by Yanni Gord here on the opening faceoff. And Yanni, your line in particular with Mitchell Stevens and Carter Verhage and yourself, a lot of speed, a lot of forecheck. What have you liked about sort of the chemistry that you guys have had since you three have been put together? I think we were relentless, and I think that was the, the biggest thing about our line. It was we're relentless. Every time they touched the puck, we were just uh, all over them. We we were working in tandem, three of us together. Um, we're three guys that can skate. We get around the ice pretty well. We're good on the forecheck, and that's how we created our ch our chances. Um, I think uh, I think our speed and our, our relentlessness was really uh, um, what we uh, set forward in that uh, in, uh, in that line. You were kind of on your way up when, when Mitchell first broke in as, as a rookie with Syracuse there. What what have you liked about how he's come up and played at the NHL level? He, uh, he wins face-off. He's very uh, um, very smart player. He, uh, he thinks the game very well, and he's always uh, in, in great position uh, defensively and offensively he goes to net. So, I mean, he's doing all those little things that he, he's probably learned in Syracuse and in, the pa in his past years. He, he brought his game here, and he's doing it very well. All right, we didn't want to bring this up too much, but we will we will talk about it here for just a second. It, it's, it's been a while since you've been able to find the back of the net. Even though the game, your game looks like it's where you want it to be, the production may not be there. Frustrating in, in a lot of ways that uh, you're not putting up the points that you're used to putting up? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, uh, when I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's a little bit frustrating. Uh, but uh, just got to keep chipping in and, uh, and try to help it. my team win. I think... Uh, um, you can't really complain when you you've been on a ten win, uh, ten game winning streak, and um, I think uh, that would, like if things weren't going very well as a team and I wasn't really well uh, as an individual, it would be uh, a little bit different. But now, right now, like our team is doing very well, so I'm I'm trying to um, keep chipping and uh, bringing what whatever I, I bring to the team. Trying to be good on the PK, trying to be uh, relentless, trying to be uh, bring energy to my team, and I think uh, uh, I just try to uh, take pride in and and those those little thing, and hopefully uh, uh, gold comes soon. It just 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 seem to be the way things go, where you actually made a nice play on the goal that Mitchell scored, Steven scored last week, only to find out that 30 seconds earlier in the shift Carter had actually scored, and so you kind of lose an assist there. Is that just kind of the way things go for you when you're in a streak like this? Uh, I, I guess so. I mean, uh, there's tons tons of chances that I've missed, and I was like, uh, I should have should have buried that, and I should have scored that, and I. I mean, it's 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 it is the way it's going right now. I mean, uh, I just gotta keep bearing down and keep trying to put pucks there and go to those uh, uh, the crease and try to uh, to find myself there and try to get a loose puck. Uh, at some point, one one puck's gonna squirt out of there and I'm gonna be there and I wanna be the one that put the, put that puck in and and um, I just gotta keep working hard and keep working on those little things. I know confidence is such a big part of being a professional athlete and, and, and in hockey in particular. Has has your confidence wavered at all through this? Oh, of course. I mean, uh, it wavers all the time. Even in in, uh, in uh, a, a good streak, it, it, it goes up and down. It's it's something that uh, it's it's really good. It's really big for in in the game of hockey. There's confidence are a big part of it, and 
and um, it, it, it's it's hard. I mean, uh, it's hard to uh, to to say. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be confident tonight. Confidence. It's it's about those little things, those little details that you bring every single day that kind of bring the confidence up. And uh, I think, like I said, I, I'm trying to to bring those little things and and trying to build my confidence off of that instead of uh, bringing it off off points in production. I, those little details are more important right now for the team. Um, then, uh, then, then, for me right now, it's I'm not scoring goals, so it's 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 hard to 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 build a confidence of that. All right, enough on that. Um, the the schedule you guys have been on since you came out of the Christmas break. So it's, by the time you get to Friday, it'll be 13 games in 21 days. It's been 10 and 16 as you head in tonight when you finish the game on Jersey. How do you manage that as an athlete to make sure that you're staying enough in rhythm, but also making sure you're getting the type of rest that you need? Uh, I think um, our, our the, the staff here do, is doing a great job of, of making sure that we we are ready to play every single night, um, n knowing the schedule, know, knowing when to, to throw a day off uh, here and there. Um, we're just trying to to to, to make the, the best out of them. Uh, we're we're trying to get ready every, in every single game. Um, every single game is very important, so we uh, we try to uh, uh, manage it the best way we can. All right, and last one here for you, Yanni. When you came up, you wore number 65. You've been 37 since you kind of established yourself. Any? No, no, I'm certainly not suggesting you go back to 65. But uh, what, is there a special number meaning? I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question about number 37. Uh, no, not really. Honestly, I've, uh, I wore that uh, that uh, number thirty-seven when I was uh, in Syracuse. So uh, uh, when I was uh, called up, um, obviously I wore my uh, training camp uh, jersey, and after that, the year after uh, when I signed my entry, um, my two-year deal uh, here, I they they gave me thirty-seven, which I really appreciated, um, just because um, I don't know I wore it in Syracuse and and it worked for me. So I don't know. <laughs> now, well. Okay, well, we're certainly not suggesting. I know you're looking for a uh, major league and uh, was a Jobu and whatever kind of thing you can do to kind of break out of this jinx. So, uh, Yanni, we really appreciate it. Uh, keep up the hard work, and we know eventually it's going to break for you. Thank you. All right, Yanni Gord has been our guest here on the opening face-off. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. Stick around. It'll be time to talk to our good friend from Fox Sports Sun, Bobby the Chief Taylor. He's coming up next. Stick around. After the puck drops, drop by lightninginsider.com. I think you'll find me more than qualified. This is the opening face-off with Eric Erlinson. Booyah! On Lightning Power Play. And welcome back to the opening face-off here on Lightning Power Play. Eric Erlinson, your host from lightninginsider.com also make sure you check out my other show you can hear weekdays from 12 to 1 that's called lightning lunch different format on that one that's a very interactive show where we take questions and comments from the audience and inject them into the show and before the la kings and tampa bay lightning score out tonight we're going to get injected with some knowledge <laughs> from our good friend from fox sports sun bobby the chief taylor two-time stanley cup champion Chief, how are you? <laughs> Doing good. Whether you like it or not, you're going to get injected <laughs> with some knowledge. That might not all be the right one. <laughs> uh, see, I tell you folks, we never know where the conversation is going to go on the show or even how it's going to start sometimes. But speaking of starting, Chief, let's start with the games over the weekend. The victory in Philadelphia, one nothing. The 3-1 loss, which was really a 2-1 loss in New Jersey that ended their 10-game winning streak. And... Let's start with the game in Philly. I, I thought that 
John Cooper summed it up like this. That was a checking game, and we checked. Couldn't say that too much about this team in years past. No, no, you couldn't. I mean, I think if you take a look at all those 11 games uh, up to this, up to tonight's game, um, that's the one thing that has really stood out to me and really impressed me is, is how well they have really played with the lead and closed games off. That was the one thing that they weren't doing you know, in the first part of the season, they couldn't close games off or else they didn't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yep. It was back to the old habit. Oh, we got a three-goal lead, let's get a six-goal lead, and then all of a sudden it's a 4-3 loss. Yeah. But no, I, to me, the way they have done that is just incredible. I mean, the, the third periods have just been tremendous. I mean, it's like, this is what, we, we got enough, and I talk about that Andy coming in and telling Vinny and Marty and, mm -hmm. and uh, Louie uh, and uh, Richie, I mean, uh, that we got enough goals. I still don't need no more uh, goals. You know, we just shut them down, and, and that's what they did. I mean, it's incredible to me how well they've all of a sudden, again, I keep saying, and it's just, it's so true. I mean, like every hockey player is from Missouri because yep. it's got to be a show-me thing. If it works, I'll do it. If it doesn't work, I ain't doing it. Well, they're finding out it works, and it's really done. And, and the, the odd part about it, the odd part about it is if when these guys realize that, the better you play defense, the more offense you have yep. because you have the puck more. And it, it's they've just done a tremendous job in my mind. Yeah, it's all about puck possession, and uh, the Lightning have been very, very good at that. Even the game against New Jersey, I want to say they were around 64 63% in terms of the shot attempts. In that game, it was just an unfortunate situation where they didn't get enough traffic, I think, to Louis Domingue, didn't test him enough. And New Jersey got a couple of goals. One was a blistering slap shot from Andy Green, and the other one was a deflection that Curtis McElhaney really had no chance on. So definitely not on the goaltender in that game. Um, but again, even in the New Jersey game, shut it down pretty good, closed off the neutral zone for the most part. Uh, so again, especially, like, that's 10 games in 16 days yeah. for this team. Three straight weekends of back-to-backs. That's a lot of hockey. So um, one goal in the two games over the weekend, two goals, sorry, in the, in the games over the weekend. Um, but how much has, I mean, do you see it, sense it, not fatigue, but, you know, just a little bit of, it's a lot of hockey. Not, you know what? Not really, because, you know what? Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Sunday's game was the, uh, and this is funny, and I was just, I just thought of it as you were talking about it. I said, that's probably the first game where their offense let them down. Yeah. Before, yep. it's always been their defense. Their mm -hmm. offense let them down. 22 missed shots? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The best scoring chances we missed the net on. Yeah. Stammer had a breakaway, didn't even get a shot on goal. From guys you don't normally expect to. I mean, yeah, Victor coming down, and, and uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't call it a breakaway, but it was pretty much closely. Open one look one. from the left wing side. Yeah, and all of a sudden you missed the net by three feet. Yeah. Well, you know? and Nikita Kucherov set up from a, a nice little pass from Braden Point five feet in top of the yeah. crease and goes wide. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it was just the weirdest game because, I mean, you know, Jersey was, I mean, sure, they've got to be happy with how they come out with the win because they were so outplayed. You know, when you limit a team to four shots in the third period, you know, even... And one of those was the empty netter. Yeah, you know, with point, what, nine seconds or something? Yeah. Point eight, I don't know, or point seven, something like that. But anyway, it, it was one of those goofy games where, you know what, you got to be kidding me. It's like... You know, you play golf and you miss all those three-footers. Like, what the heck? I think the, the superintendent cut the goals too small, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, I mean, I thought they controlled the play that game, too. Yeah. I mean, it was – I mean, when you're taking a look at uh, total shots on goal, like you said, you know, you're looking at, at you know, 
67, 80, 70, 70% all, was all lightning. But, you know, and, and Louis never had an oh wow save. He was very solid, very, I'm not trying to begrade, degrade him or, or, you know, say that he didn't play well. But, you know, our best scoring chances, we missed the net. Yep. And it still counts as a scoring chance, even though you hit the net or don't. It counts as a scoring chance. Yep. Yeah, I, I want to say in that game, again, I know those stats can be very um, variable depending on which source you get them from in terms of scoring chance. I know teams certainly track them a lot different than some of these yep. sites that have them publicly, but I think the scoring chances in that game, even strength, were 29-9 to in favor <laughs> of Tampa Bay. 29-9. to I mean, that's, that's just – complete yeah it, like it, it didn't feel dominating but you knew no. the puck was in new jersey's end for a lot yeah and i guess that's what's disappointing is it didn't do enough with that possession time yeah. and it was a boring game it was Ugh, man i'll tell you i had to fight to keep my eyes open and i have to go back to the college football game just to get <laughs> to wake up <laughs> it's like those old games in new jersey where you felt oh, like you were slogged man. down in the swamp yeah exactly like these really? What do they got on the ice there? Is it quicksand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Jersey has to do that. I mean, they're they're a team yeah. that's really, really in a. Tr you talk about a transition, and the, and and a couple of those big uh, off season signings with PK Subban, and he really hasn't done much for him at all. The yeah. Team, you know, and uh, uh, and Simmons. You know, I mean, you know, he you know he plays his own game. But yep. the point of it is, is that you know they're. Their uh, additions haven't really helped them at all, and and then, you know, and they got those young kids, you know, Hishier and then Hughes, you know, they're young guys. Yet. Yeah. Geez, I don't even think can they drink for uh, legally yet. Uh, Jack Hughes certainly cannot. Yeah, I, I think Hishier, he's probably twenty or twenty, but he's from Switzerland. Isn't the drinking age like sixteen in Switzerland or yeah, something? Or so six. he can, he can go back home and have yeah. uh, an an adult beverage or <laughs> three, <laughs> as we tend to do. Uh, well, in, in Jersey, fired the GM, Ray Shiro, Ray, yeah. like 90 minutes before the game. That's so unusual to see a general manager change in the middle of a season. We saw it last year with Philly, but that's the exception yeah. and not the rule. So just odd, odd situations going on in Jersey, and uh, there's still one more meeting left between those two teams. This year we'll see if uh, the Lightning can exact some um, – Revenge on Louis Domingue as we'll Louis did. Yeah, Louis did. In yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, again, we're joined here by Bobby the Chief Taylor from Fox Sports Sun. You're listening to the opening face-off show here on Lightning Power Play. And L.A. Kings in town tonight. It's a 7 p.m. puck drop. And, Chief, this starts a stretch, I believe, of, if I can do the math in my head really quick, seven consecutive games against the Western Conference. We've talked about this before mm -hmm. where you don't see the teams very often. Uh, you don't get a feel for the teams too often. The emotions aren't as ramped up as maybe, say, against a Bruins or a Toronto or a team right. that you do see on a regular basis. But the Kings, they're on a down year, there's no doubt. Uh, getting used to a new coach and Todd McClellan, who was hired in the offseason. They're one of those teams in the West that aged fast. The game passed them by because they were the big heavy team and they won a couple of cups with that type of philosophy on their roster. And now they're stuck with some of those players, but they're still a team that's hard to play against. They have a Drew Doughty. They have an Anze Kopitar. Jeff Carter, even though he's not a 30-goal scorer, maybe as he used to be earlier in his career. Dustin Brown is still one of the top power forwards around in terms of what he can do. Um, but then you look at the rest of the Kings roster, and you're like, well, I don't recognize him. Well, like, who, who's that guy? And So is, is it hard to when you don't – maybe you're not even familiar with the players on the other side? 
Well, yeah, in a sense, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, I think this is where you got to sit and say, okay, let's really make sure that we play our game. You know, and you hear players will tell you that all the time. But in, in this situation, it really is true. You've got to, you know, you've got to make sure that you come out and, and establish your territory in the first period. You know, and, and L.A., you know, L.A. kind of, it's kind of odd. I mean, the biggest thing with L.A. is they can't score. Yeah. You know, they got nobody that really can score anymore. And that's the biggest problem they got, you know. I mean, when you take a look at uh, 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 their defense, it's pretty solid, you know. I mean, they're, they're sixth in the league, or no, excuse me, 16th. But the shots against uh, uh, are are really good. They don't. In fact, I think they're a team that uh, gives up the least amount of shots during the game. So in other words, you don't get a lot of chances against them. Mm -hmm. uh, their penalty kill is, is not real good, you know. Uh, for me, it's it, uh, the power plays middle of the road. You know, they're, they're middle of the road in face-offs. A lot of it is middle of the road. But the, when it comes to scoring, you know, they're really, they really struggle. And they still have Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Who he struggled early in the season. There was some frustration, I think. But I think his numbers start to turn around, even though they don't look typical to what we're used to seeing him with the goals against above three and a save percentage below 900. Uh, but he's, he's still Jonathan Quick, and yep. he's still pretty good in the net. And if you're not going to take advantage of the chances you have, you know, if you don't get more traffic to the front of the net, as yeah. they did not do on a consistent enough basis against New Jersey, you might have a difficult time scoring goals. You might have to get stuck on another 2-1 game. Yeah, which isn't bad. Nope. As long as you got the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, because really, I mean, what it is is that the one thing, that if you, the more you play these type of games, the more you get uh, uh, less frustrated, you know, when you do come up against them. And you come up against them a lot in the playoffs. Because, you know, it, it becomes a much tighter game to play t defensively. Uh, the, the officials don't, uh, you know, the, the whistles go away, you know. So you don't get that uh, power play opportunities like you usually do in the regular season. So I, I think it's, it's, it's good. That, I mean, that one nothing game in Philly was a great one for them to have because it was a fluky goal, yep. you know, and yet they just made sure that the other team didn't score, you know, and, and, and it was uh, – uh, a really a good effort in my mind. And that's one of the things that they have to do. They have to learn how that, you know what, you're, yes, you can score, you know, like we saw against 9-2 uh, um, was Vancouver, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, so against a really good team. So, and, and then you have a really close game against a, uh, a decent team in Philly, especially, oh, well, a good team at home. Let's put it that way, a really good team at home. Yeah. But uh, for me, I think that's the key to it is that, uh, these games that are, are making it when you're having a tough time scoring, it, 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 it really works on your mental part. Like, you don't get frustrated. Like, we can do this. We've done it in the past. So we don't have to score six goals to win, you know, and we get that mental uh, uh, thing. If it's not working in the offense, then let's shut the other team down. You know, the biggest thing, in, 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 it sh and it should have worked in New Jersey, is just the fact that they're off. <laughs> they were really off. I've never seen them off like that before. Yeah, oh, and Cooch, too. Cooch had five of those missed shots, and Victor yeah. Hedman. You know, again, guys you're not used to yeah, seeing yeah. miss on their opportunities. Just, yeah. And that's why I don't wonder where maybe may, just, en just enough, like I think John Cooper said it after the game, they were just off, yeah. right? And like, I think that's where I think the yeah. – I don't want to call it fatigue, but, you know, you, you're on the road a lot. They had the four-game trip, come home for two, back on the road, come back. For, like, it is a lot of hockey. By the time we get to Friday's game in Winnipeg, it'll be 13 games in 21 days yeah. before they get their break. So – uh, it, it, it is a ton of hockey to play, 
Um, not that it's difficult. It is what they do. We knew at some point the schedule was going to catch up with them because of the time off they had earlier in the year. They're starting to make up these games in hand on some teams. They're actually, they don't even have the fewest games played in the league anymore. That belongs to the New York Islanders even yeah. after they played last night. So you can kind of see how this stretch of games, we knew they were going to catch up during the stretch. And lo and behold, they have. But, Chief, they put themselves exactly where they knew they needed to get to. And that was in a top three position in the Atlantic Division. And not only that, now they're solidly in second. They've opened up a four-point lead on Toronto. I, they still have at least a game or two in hand on the Maple Leafs. The Leafs just lost Morgan Riley. He's going to be out for eight weeks after fracturing his foot uh, on Sunday night in uh, Florida. Already without Jake Muzzin. So here's an opportunity for you to really solidify yourself into a position. We felt that they could be at this point of the year, despite how the season started. So if we were to sit here and tell you back on September the 17th or whenever it was they reported for camp that they'd be sitting in second place heading into the All-Star break, feel pretty good about that, right? <laughs> Big time, yeah. And, and uh, you know what? It, it's like last year was a magical year, yep. you know, a historic year. You know, it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime a, a type year. I mean, think about it, you know, because the teams – that uh, they tied uh, with the record was, you know, they did it in the 90s. So, you know, and for me, it's that that comes around probably once every 25 years yeah. type of thing. So, but the point of it is, is that, you know what, I think what has happened now is the, what the coaching staff has tried to instill in the training camp in the first part of the season is not starting to sink into them now. And I think, and it's, it's starting to become second nature rather than thinking what they have to do and that's the big difference for me as well is that defense is is reaction because this game's too fast yep and 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 if you react the right way 90 percent of the time you're going to win a, a lot of games and that's why they say don't think yeah don't think react yeah just make sure that it has to be instinctual yes and, and because it's so fast yeah you know, and that's and that's the biggest difference when we talk about kids coming up from the minors. To, you know, they're, they they skate well, they shoot well, they do and they skate, you know, as fast as anybody. And but the point of it is, you have to think faster up there because you don't have the time you can do in the minors. Again, we're joined here by Bob the Chief Taylor from Fox Sports Sun, listening to the opening face-off show as we get you set for tonight's 7 p.m. contest against the L.A. Kings. And Chief, a lot of focus on Yanni Gord, hasn't scored since November something like that. He's, he's gone a long time without a goal. Uh, I, I think we would like to see more production. Obviously, only six goals on the season to this point. Somebody coming off a back-to-back 20-goal -back seasons. But a lot of times we talk about with players in that situation, how, how are you playing despite the fact that you're not producing? What do you see out of Yanni Gord despite the lack of offense? Well, that whole line, that whole line has been a breath of fresh air because, they, you know, they're not big scorers, but I'll tell you what, if you watch the last, especially these last two games, every time they were on the ice, the puck was in the other team's zone most of the time that they were on the ice. So that's the one thing. Like, I've always said that if, you, if you're not scoring, then you've got to make sure that the guy you're playing against isn't scoring. You know, it, 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 not everybody can score, so you've got to... Bring something to the table every game. And you know what? Yeah, he he's really, I think it's like 23 games now that he hasn't had a goal pretty close to Yeah, him. he's, he's definitely snake bit. And, and, but the thing of it is is that, you know, uh, they're, they're working extremely hard. They're, they're, they're forcing the other team to play in their zone all the time. 
and, and, and they're bringing energy to it. And so they're, they're giving, they're wearing the other team down while giving the, giving your team a little bit uh, of a respite from, from having to play all the time. And uh, that's a key for me. Just bring that speed, bring that tenacity, you know, and you know what? It'll start to go. I, I think what happens too is that, and I, I watched Stevens doing a little bit, and uh, for Hayhee too, they start to pass the puck a little bit too often. Yeah. You don't get into that syndrome where you think that, okay, all of a sudden, you know, if I'm a rusher, you, or if I'm a crusher, I want to be a rusher, I'll soon be an usher type of a yep. thing. You gotta, that's what you gotta get worried a little bit. And when, you're, and when anything's not going for you, at such, what, right now with Yanni, is the fact is that you get a little bit nervous into trying. You know, your shot total should start jumping rather than decrease. Well, and there's a particular player, I remember, I, I want to say, I can't remember if it was a Vancouver game or the Arizona game, where early in the game they came in on a 2-1 rush, and he just looked like he didn't know what to do with the puck, which is not something we're used to seeing from him. And you could see some of that maybe nervousness, a little bit of the yips, if you will, on not not being able to get corral the puck and even get a shot off, shot attempt off in that situation. But it looked like later on in that game he just signed, kind of said, I'm done with that. And he put a couple of really good shots on goal. He actually would have had an assist on the uh, Stevens goal that didn't count. So that was the Vancouver game. Yep. Uh, so he would have had an assist on that because he put the puck on net. So are you seeing that from him that he's he's just kind of saying, forget it, I'm just going to go shoot? Well, he, he, yeah, I mean, he's, his quickness, you know, he's not big, as we all know. But, I mean, he's, he plays hard. He's very, very quick. And, and that whole line is, that whole line is probably the fastest line we have. Yeah. You know, collectively. And, uh, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what I, not everybody's going to be a scorer because not everybody's going to get pl uh, power play time. Not everybody's going to be put in uh, situations where they have to, uh, where they can come through and score. Uh, but they have to play their game. They, 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 they'll play against uh, the team's other top lines a lot more often. You know, so that their main job is to really shut down the other team. And uh, I, I, I'm not really that, I mean, yeah, you, players worry about it. Everybody's going, oh, my God, you know, well, you've you got to get more production out of him. You know, well, well, wait a minute, you know, is he a plus player? Or is he, a, you know, is, are they getting scored on all the time? You know, it's like everybody yells and screams about how great McDavid and Dreisaitl are, and they are. But they're both minus players. Yeah. And Dreisaitl's a big minus player. Yep. So, you know, so you score a lot of goals, but, you know, the team that you play against scores more against them than you, than you score against them. So, hello. Yeah. So, for me, it, as long as, I mean, it'll come. It, it's going to come. I mean, you know, it, it might not come as fast and, and as often as it did the first two years, but the, the whole work ethic will will come eventually to you. And I, Bobby Clark used to say it all the time. Hard work will beat talent every time. But if you have hardworking talent, they're very tough to beat. Yeah. All right, Chief, before we let you go and sign off, uh, I did tease everybody on Thursday because we had oh, mentioned your Vancouver right. story when the Canucks no were in town. Sleep well <laughs> <last> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> no, this is a good, this is, this is a definitely not an R rated story. Um, but a, a lot of people probably don't know, and the, again, we, we're going to tie this into LA here, that you were a pretty good baseball player growing oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> you were a catcher. Yeah. And during well, they your found out I was a goalie. They turned me into a catcher. <laughs> okay. Um, but you you were a pretty good catcher back in your day, and you were being recruited by a certain school at the time, and you resisted. So kind of give us some background on this whole story. <laughs> well, back in the day, they had a Western Canada. They had a baseball um, uh, semi-pro 
because they brought a lot of college kids up from California to play. And there was only three Canadians in the whole league. We had like six teams. And uh, uh, Nelson Bryles pitched it, Tim Cullen, you know. Uh, Renee Lashman was the catcher in it, you know. Uh, there was a bunch of guys that went to the major leagues and had decent careers. And uh, But anyway, um, the manager of Edmonton was the coach at Pepperdine. And our coach, and I heard them over talking one time about their baseball school. And his baseball school was in Utah. Well, I figured that if you were going to have a baseball school, you'd have it at the school where you, you coached at. Well, anyway, they offered me a full ride at Pepperdine. <laughs> and at the time, I'm going, hmm, Pepperdine's in Utah. And this is when I got first invited to camp. Now, back then, you never got invited to, to NHL camp until you were 20. Well, we, we should preface this to no Google back then either. You couldn't oh, Google. Oh, gosh, no. Are you kidding? I <laughs> <laughs> Google meant something completely yeah. different back in those the days. The only thing that came back then was the way, oh, they finally got long, curly cords on the phone <laughs> so you could go from room to room with them. But anyway, they uh, so I thought it was in, and then I, Chicago invited me to their training camp. Well, unless you were Bobby Orr, you never got to camp until you were 20. Yep. So, you know, and I'm, I'm 18. So <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, Salt Lake. Nothing but a salt lake and a bunch of Mormons here. I'm not sure, you know, if I want to go to baseball school there or not. You know, in fact, I was a dumbass. So uh, I decided not to go. I, I took Chicago's camp and went to camp in hockey. And the rest is history, but... Well, it took 14 years before yeah. I figured out where the hell Pepperdine was. Well, you, you got to tell us the story of how you figured out where Pepperdine was. Well, what happened is we're, we, we were in L.A. going to play the Kings, and, and uh, we decided there was about four of us, five of us. We rented a car. We're going to jump up and go up to Malibu to visit Ed Snyder, our owner, and have drop in and have a beer with Ed, which, which he would have loved. And uh, we're driving by. We're coming on the Pacific Coast Highway, and I look up, and here's this beautiful campus like it looked like it was a housing development of some rich people and all of a sudden you know stop the car everybody piled out like somebody had dropped a bomb in there and they're what's wrong what's wrong and, this is where pepperdine is <laughs> <laughs> i'd have been still surfing but the <laughs> kicker to it was i told casey weldon that the old quarterback and, and and he was laughing and then about two months later he calls me said chief he says, I wonder if you can do me a favor. He says, yeah, Casey, what would you like? And he says, well, he says, my daughter just got a full ride to Pepperdine for volleyball. I wonder if you could tell her where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I hung up on him. <laughs> uh, Chief, that is one of my favorite stories that you tell. Um, it's amazing because had you made the other decision, yeah. who knows where you might have ended up. Heck, yeah. Who you knows? Maybe you might have won a World Series title instead of a Stanley Cup. Maybe. Maybe. It's yeah. amazing that the choices we make younger in life, we don't yeah, I know. realize the – not that – I mean, look. But it, think, of it, think of it, though. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And yeah. we love having you here. Yeah, we love like, having I these like conversations. And I love these these stories that we can kind of <laughs> bring up and let people know, yeah. too, as well, because uh, they are a lot, fun, a lot of fun, just like these conversations with you are a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun watching the hockey team right now, too. Ten-game uh, winning streak was snapped the other night, obviously. Uh, so they're looking to kind of get back uh, on the winning ways tonight against the LA Kings. Again, that's at 7 p.m. All right, that is going to wrap up our show today. Uh, as always, thanks, everybody, for listening. Chief, thanks for the stories. All right, bud. We won't be back together again until February 4th. That is the next home game. That is the next home game when Vegas is here because three games left before the bye week, and then when they come out of the bye week, they'll head on a four-game trip that goes to Dallas, L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose before they are – back here on February the 4th against the Vegas 
Golden Knights. So we'll catch up with you then on Chief. You got it. All right, uh, I want to thank everybody involved in today's show. Thanks to Connor Zielinski for putting it all together and making it sound good, as he always does. Uh, again, we'll be back on the air with this show on February the 4th, but Lightning Lunch returns tomorrow at noon uh, right here on Lightning Power Play. Don't forget, Greg Linelli is up next with Lightning Power Play Live. That'll lead you right into the pregame show, and then the network broadcast begins at 7 p.m. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until February the 4th, have a happy hockey day.